0: Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at MyBankersVault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com.
1: Hey guys, Omar Khan here with Data Trading Co. I wanted to tell you about episode 124 of the Breakthrough Podcast. We currently have a special offer for Breakthrough Podcast listeners we're offering a free one-hour live training session where we show how to instantly add stock options as a new income stream. Now, I've used this myself personally over the years to create a sizable real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason you can't as well. Cool thing is it only takes about 30 minutes a day, so if you have a job or if you have a business or you're just spending a lot of time with your family, you're going to have time to incorporate this in your life if you take the time to learn this, okay? Now, We're also offering a 15-minute free consultation to discuss how our option strategy can work with your current investment strategy and really take your investment to the next level, okay? So for more information, check out 30MinuteStockTrader.com forward slash breakthrough to join us on our free live training, our next webinar. Remember again, episode 124, where Sandy and I go over exactly how I use this strategy to acquire a large real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason why you can't as well. See you there, guys. Talk soon.
0: If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you wanna live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. We are super excited to be back with you sharing some exciting real estate knowledge and, uh, and, um, you know, free information as we do every other week here. And um, a lot of a lot of people are taking advantage of it. And I think it's a good thing. And here with me as usual is Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. How are you today?
3: Amazing. Amazing. Kicking off 2021. Real estate, uh, you know, we're trying to keep the economy afloat here, I think, with real estate. So it's, uh, it's fun. Sort of
2: single-handedly.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. A lot of pressure on the real estate world, but it's uh, it's fun. A lot of a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. For those
2: of you listening right now, you should all go over to breakthroughreipodcast.ca. There you can download and listen to every single episode that we've done. 140 something now, I believe, are up there and ready for you guys to listen to anytime you want to. A bunch of really good, inspiring interviews with all kinds of people from the real estate investing world, right across uh, Canada, and even some that are sort of, you know, teaching you how to invest as a Canadian in the states. So, you know, a lot of information there and other places. I think we did one on Belize. You know but tons of information if you want to go back and listen to all that you definitely should and you should get on our uh on our list and receive our free gift
3: yeah the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate uh go over to our website breakthroughreipodcast.ca to pick that up uh when you do that you also get on our email list of course and you get all of our uh, updates on the shows updates on what we're doing webinars uh property tours maybe in person stuff one day and uh things l- all, all great stuff, real estate related, that you can use in your businesses to uh, build wealth.
2: Absolutely. And everybody knows this, but it helps us out a lot if you hop onto iTunes and leave us a rating or review for the show. Um, allows more people to engage with us and allows more people to find the podcast on iTunes. So if you haven't done that already, please go over and give that a quick thumbs up, five stars for us, and uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Every once in a while, we read the reviews. There's, uh, I'm not on the web page right now, but next time we'll get to some more reviews that people have left. And uh, do you have anything else, Sandy?
3: Nothing too much, really. No, I think, um, you know, typical stuff there. We always love everyone's support and uh, kicking off uh, into our like, we're at seven years, just past seven years at this recording. So tons of support over the years. Really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to. More to come and more great guests like we have today.
2: Absolutely. We have a great guest today. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that segue, Sandy. Yeah. Today, we are very happy to be speaking with Darcy Marler from uh, Hutton Rodway Consulting about how there is more to investing than just flips, rentals, and BRRR strategy, which is you know a lot of the focus and, and a lot of what we actually talk about here too. So, um, And why that choosing your why before you pick your how is so important. So thanks, Darcy, for joining us today.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me, it's
2: great. So do you wanna just tell us a little bit about you? I know we were talking before um, before we started recording just about some interesting time you spent in Brazil. So, you know, maybe not the investing stuff right off the bat, but tell us a little bit about you.
4: Well, I'm, uh, I just turned 54 last week, don't tell anybody. Um, but, yeah, I, I was a computer guy for years. In the last five years of the 90s, I was based out of South America. I met my wife down there. She's Venezuelan. So I was uh, – my kids were actually born there too. So I spent a lot of time in Venezuela, Brazil, Colombia, and uh, Mexico. Got burnt out. Didn't want to see a computer again. So I came back to Canada and uh, brought the family. So I'm a husband, father of three, now university age kids.
2: I'm
4: active in, in writing and an author now got three books on real estate, and even the last couple of years, just to get away from real estate, I've also become a farm diversification expert, a specialist in helping farmers of all sites get into new uh, ways of growth and revenue. So everything from fish farming to hops to, to, uh, to hydroponics, it's pretty, uh, pretty cool <laughs> to so, uh,
2: That's one way to make money for sure nowadays. Yeah, uh, so, and now what everybody's here for, I guess, like tell us a little bit about your investing journey, how that got started out.
4: Well, I first I started I first went my first buy, my, or buy real estate with no money down back in the 1980s. And uh, finally, when I came back from South America in 2001, I had a chance to do that. So I've been a full-time real estate investor now for 20 years. In that time, I've done uh, fix and flips, uh, new construction, land development, condo conversion, I've done BRRR, um, changed the use of existing properties. I've done commercial, been a landlord all that time. Um, So, as you can see, I I tend to lose focus quickly and get bored quickly. And just about the time I figure something out, I'm on to the next thing. But it's given me a kind of a wealth of knowledge. In that time, I've I've owned 92 properties with 240 doors. So, uh, done some stuff at all levels.
2: And great! And you had this uh, story about your first investment there. That uh, that was pretty funny. I thought.
4: Yeah. So I'm I'm fresh off the boat, as they say. Uh, and I and I contact this realtor who's who's was kind of my coach and mentor back in the early days. I was going to do flips as the first strategy. So he takes me to this up down duplex. I, I'm I'm based in Calgary, uh, and it's 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 before Hoarders was a show. So I I didn't even know it was called that. But it was just disgusting so brother and sister owned it the brother lived upstairs the sister lived downstairs and it was just disgusting so we went up and saw the the upstairs couldn't see anything we went downstairs and there's this little pathway getting through the living room that you can kind of find your way to the kitchen in the back stuff's piled high as we're going through something moves in my peripheral vision off to the right i must have jumped a foot scared that one Turns out the sister was lying on the couch. I didn't even see her. She blended right in. That's my first introduction to, to real estate investing and flips. But I ended up buying the
2: property and, and did okay on it. Oh, so you bought that house? I did. I was. I've always had the ability
4: to kind of see past the mess and the, the issues and to see what the bones are and go from there.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think that a lot of people would have probably run from that. I mean. Uh, describing your first investment property is absolutely disgusting would probably scare some people, (laughs) you know, but it is, it is um, as they say, as, as even our, you know, good friend, Quentin D'Souza says like cat pee and that thing, the cat pee smells like money.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, over the years, I kind of specialized in that really nasty stuff too, like asbestos and cat pee and and mold. I I had one where the, the three story apartment building that had been boarded up for two years, holes in the roof, so there's actually mushrooms and grass growing on the carpet on the third floor. Um, that was a fun thing, yeah, so I've had my share of those.
2: Yeah, I've seen places for sale where like, there was a big long note written for the, uh, by the tenants of whoever lived there to their landlord on the wall. Uh, suffice to say, I probably shouldn't repeat what it said here. <laughs> But you know, I see. I've seen all kinds of things like that too. Um, uh, you know, let's 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 talk about. So in and also, uh, you were saying. Sorry, did we talk about the uh, what you were doing down south?
4: I was a computer guy, actually. Yeah, so I came out of school in in uh, the '80s and, and loved computers. So, I, I, for basically, my life has been basically seventeen years. I was 17 years on the farm, 17 years as a computer guy, then 17 years basically as a full-time real estate investor. The last two or three, I've been investing and, and doing the farm diversification stuff. So when I was down in South America, I was specializing in accounting software. So basically, everything you know—it's really true what they say: everything you've done up till now kind of creates the life you have now. So, uh, giving me a broad range of experiences to which to put into my books and talk about on on podcasts and stuff.
2: So now a lot of people would call like those things that we talked about in those stories, the, um, you know, the, the hoarder house and, and the, uh, you know, the mushrooms growing in the carpet, a lot of people would consider those to be like roadblocks that they've encountered. And that might be the story that they tell, but for you, what, what types of uh, roadblocks have you encountered and how have you overcome them?
4: Um, mostly to be honest, um, more mental health wise to be honest the last five years investing in alberta hasn't hasn't been fun at all as you can imagine with lower rents and higher vacancies and whatnot so i found myself in kind of a deep depression back a couple years ago 2017 2018 also you know mostly because of the money but also because i just wasn't happy right i was i was doing things that didn't jive with kind of who my personality was so i love the hunt of real estate investing i love being creative i like finding new things, I like putting the deals together, but I don't necessarily like being the landlord or the the site super, my own general contractor guy. But I was spending probably 15% of my career being the stuff I like, and then 85% doing what I didn't like. So after 17, 18 years of that, I was just not in a great place. So I kind of had to step back a bit and figure out why I was doing it. But, you know, people talk about why a lot now, but it wasn't Anything I'd ever heard about before this, you know, when I first started 20 years ago, my why was I just wanted to get rich. And I think that's the same for a lot of people, which which is a horrible why, to be honest with you. So I had to figure out who I was and what I liked and what I didn't like. And now in the last few years, I've been kind of recrafting that, what I do every day so that it, it, it does make me happy. Right? And I can honestly say I'm, I'm much more happy. So part of that is is focusing, learning to focus, which was, as we said, a problem for me. And uh, so now I'm doing the farm consulting and the farm diversification stuff. I'm writing again and doing mentorship like that. And then I'm also back in real estate investing, but focusing on the, the things that I like about it. And then kind of handing off the parts that I don't like. So now if I do a new construction project, I'll get a general contractor as opposed to being that guy. And and it's it's I can honestly say I can't remember the the last time I've been this half. Like I'm it's.
2: It's been really great. Honestly. So, and I think that's really relevant uh, for a lot of people right now too, because I mean, the, the majority of us are, are stuck in the house and, you know, don't really know what to do with ourselves. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that helped you with that? Was it like, was it just focusing more or like, what was the big thing that sort of got you back on track?
4: Um, i i thought you know i don't want to speak for everybody everybody's depression is different but for me it was i was just kind of blaming everybody right like it was a big pretty party for darcy um you know it was really easy um to blame you know different levels of government and different policies that have come along that kind of torpedoed alberta and it's everybody else's fault and then blah 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 and, and so the first step is kind of just saying you know you you're you, know, you still bought the properties, it's still on you, buddy. And and then the next step is to kind of be thankful for who you who you are and what you do have and start to appreciate it and then start to realize that it's not all about the money. A lot of what I was and who I thought I was was based on the success of the real estate and the awards and, you know, the 92 doors. Like, you can get into that game pretty quickly where it's all about, you know, competition with yourself and others. So if I kind of stepped back and stopped that and just be kind of thankful for, for what I do have. And then from there, it was crafting what is your why, a deep dive into my personality, what I like and what I don't like, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, cutting out the stuff that I didn't want or wasn't good at. And then kind of, again, and then that's where the focus came in, to kind of focus on the part of my life that I did want to spend more time on.
3: So
2: why, yeah. good. I was just going to say, thanks for sharing that though, you know, cause I, I think that's important information to put out there and let people, you know, there, there's somebody out there that needs to hear that right now. I think
3: well, somebody's maybe going through the same thing right right yeah. now. And, uh, and, 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 and I know like a lot of people do get in for the money. That's usually a, an easy, you know, thing yeah. to chase at the beginning and it's probably why they have no clarity on what strategy they're going to use, how they're going to find this money, You know, a lot of people flips are really attractive at the beginning because it seems like quick cash, kind of a kind of a, um, you know, just quick way to feel successful, but definitely not always the right strategy for everyone and their goals. How do you how do you look at that? How do you how would you advise people to actually like think about that as they're starting out and and getting some clarity on where they actually want to take this real estate investing journey? Yeah, so.
4: No, and actually, as I talk more and more, more people my age are coming up and saying, yeah, I've been investing for a long time, and I'm, just, I'm not happy. i right? not, not happy with the returns. I'm just not enjoying it. Right? And I think that's a problem with the industry in general is that, you know, I've been, like I said, I read my first book when I was 15. That's a long time ago. Um, the main focus, I feel, of the real estate education industry is flips and rentals and now the merge, the, the VRR, the Burr, however you want to call it. And so you're a new new person getting in. Well, I guess that's all there is, right? And so A, no, there is other things. But B, I would also recommend that the newcomers or people that aren't happy take a step back and kind of educate yourself on what's everything's available. And then pick your strategy from there. So instead of just going right in and picking the how or the strategy, pick your why first and then then kind of work with your strengths and weaknesses and personality and what but I think I'm going to like and get into it
2: from there. I think you'll be a lot happier over the long-term. Yeah.
4: I don't
2: don't think a lot of people would say, you know, 92 doors is, is their why, you know, it's more, it's like, what, what are you going to get from that? Not necessarily 92 doors, but whatever the real estate goal is like, what is your lifestyle going to gain from that? What is your, your life going to gain from that? Right. So absolutely. Like looking for that, how, figuring that out first is super important because a lot of people do get caught up in just, what can I do? Like, how, how, how can I purchase as many properties as possible in as quick a time as possible? Right, and cause... we talked to Russell Westcott about that too. And, and yeah. you know, just the, you know, his thing was like buying indiscriminately as much as he possibly could and then turning around and going, I'm, I'm not super pumped about the portfolio that i put together here. Right. You know, it sounds impressive, but, it's an, it's a management nightmare and whatever else might come along with it, all of the repairs that have to be done. And, you know, so, and, 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 and that not only are you left with that, but that creates stress in your life that, you know, you could, you could have managed if, if you thought about it a little more from the beginning and planned it out of exactly what, what are you trying to get? Like, what's the ultimate goal here?
4: Right. And I I think, when you talk, you know I've met a ton of investors over the years. um Most of, you know, if you're goal oriented, most of the goals aren't lifestyle. Most of the goals are specific. You know, in ten years, I want a specific number of doors, or I want a specific cash flow, or I want a specific thing that's typically tied to to the property or the money, which I, I, again is kind of the wrong way to go. You know. Myself, I'm a great example. When I first came back from South America and I got into flips, that was the strategy. As you said, Sandy, everybody gets into flips. My my goal was to have a conveyor belt where every month I was going to find two new properties the next month and make an offer the next month. I physically take possession and, and start work on them. Finish that work in a month, the third month, and, and then put them up for, for sale. Have an offer the fourth month and get my money the fifth there's a tremendous amount of pressure trying to find two new properties because you've got basically 10 properties in the conveyor belt at all times. But feeding that hopper, feeding the beast is, is, is terrible. And that's a lot of the reason for the pressure on flippers is they're always trying to find that next that next house, right? Like, so there's a lot of pressure there. And I found myself saying yes to properties that I shouldn't have bought. Right? Like if, if I was just about the numbers and, and analyzing that property, no, this is not one that I can take, but i got to feed that beast. So I was they said yes yeah, so you know i made money on some and didn't make money on others and 10 grand on the next one like so it was really up and down trying to trying to feed that goal machine and it you know i always kind of joke you only have to kick me in the head three or four times before i figure stuff out it took 15 16 17 years to finally figure out to, yeah how to do it properly
3: <laughs> how do you think people can figure that out up front is there any tips or, or strategies around that because i know it is you know it's a little easier, probably, once you've experienced it. And problem with that is that you waste a lot of time experiencing it yeah. and, and not finding the solution quick enough. But how, how do you figure that out if you have like minimal or no experience?
4: I and, and I, I'm legitimately not trying to push it in here, but but my first book was um, on that very thing. It was comparing the eight real estate strategies that I mentioned: the, the fix and flips and, and new construction. I, I wrote a 200-page book with basically 20 pages on each of those where I, priced, I kind of summarize the good and the bad because that's another thing I find with with a lot of real estate education both on tv and and in the books is that everything works every time right like you know the property brothers never lose money right and so you're sitting there thinking everything's good everything's Pollyanna if you just do this and this you'll be a millionaire in a year that's not the case right so the book was meant to be honest here's the pros and cons like here's the type of personality you need to, to be able to do well at this here's where fix and click kick your butt. here's where you can make money at it and so if you're new just starting out it's free on my website that book you can download that one for free just to to kind of bring yourself up to speed on all the different strategies get an objective book because I've, I've done multiple versions of everything like i've built almost 50 homes and you know done 20 flips so you know i've done multiple things in every one so i can say i've honestly made money in every application and i've lost money in every these strategies too right so it's very objective and then i kind of compare and then i have one chapter where i or actually took a look um because i did a bunch of flips very early in my career and then i got into some of the other stuff so i just did a what if and i said what if those you know, 15 or 20 flips that I'd done back in the day. What if I'd have kept those? So I did a comparison of basically a BRR versus flips, and just personally from myself, you know, how, how different would my economic status be 10 years later? And I found out it was, you know, you're better off with kind of a BRR strategy, book strategy, you know. But so that's a, a kind of a book that I think can benefit new people. But also, if you've been in it for a while and maybe not enjoying it. Maybe kind of take a reset and learn what else is out okay. there. Where can they find that? What's the website? My website is HR Real Estate Mentors. So HR stands for Huttonradley, realestatementors.com.
3: Uh, what tools do you use? Do you have any tools to become more efficient in that once, once you're using these strategies to, to accomplish uh, someone's why? Is it, you know, you've obviously, it seems like you've developed some systems to uh, leverage some pieces out that you didn't like doing. Part of the
4: <laughs> part of the reset, um trouble with the cash flows of the rental properties and all that in, in the last few years was I got away from the basics. Um, so, you know, BRR, buy, renovate. So I've got properties, I've, I think I've still got about 100 doors in the rental world, um, based over six, proper, six cities and towns in Alberta. So during the renovates place, I was up there constantly overseeing everything, so I was right into it after that i kind of backed off and let my local managers manage the buildings and i found that when you do that um then they're setting the quality of the the renovations that are coming after that and they're setting the quality of the tenants and they're setting the the limits for what the, the rental is and everything right and and then i also found that you know forms were getting filled out wrong or not getting filled out at the right time so basically as far as tools, I actually I, I actually wrote a manual, uh just a kind of 20 page manual for my my managers of this is how I want things done. And then I started going back at least monthly to every one of my my towns to, to visit firsthand to make sure quality is where I want it to be and tenant selection is where I want it to be and kind of just got back to basics. And I think that was kind of one of the main the main tools that I use is is this book and, and getting back to basics.
2: Is that also, so, I mean, let's talk about your books. Is that one of the other books that you have available?
4: No, but I was just actually, the other day, I was thinking, I should probably just put
2: that as a as a free download on the Because it's, it like I, I said, it's like only like 20 I pages. What's that? I said, it sounds like something I'd want to read.
4: <laughs> it would be specific to Alberta with the form, but you could certainly, send, you know,
2: But I whatever mean, like, the forms you want. Here. The ideas of the uh, procedures and that kind of thing is probably pretty streamlined uh, across the across the yeah. internet.
4: The other thing I noticed too is, is over the years I've done my own management. I've done, you know, legitimate property management companies, and then I've also found, you know, I've got a guy kind of world, and and I've kind of compare those a little bit in that manual too. Um, there is a big difference in, in how things get done. Um, I typically just kind of have employees now that uh, work directly for me, kind of you know, so I've got a guy here and a lady there. You know, um, I backed away from management companies per se. Maybe that's not for everybody either, but that's that's kind of the style that I use.
2: Now, are you able yeah. to do that because the majority of your places are in like. Because it sounds like you know obviously you can't do that if you're if they're jumping from town to town to town uh, that doesn't well, I've, I've got
4: a manager in each town
2: um, yeah. okay.
4: what I found and just my personal thing is is and nothing against management companies because it's I've done it so it's an awful job but um, typically you know a, a, an apartment becomes vacant and then they come in and say Dars we have to do this and this and here's going to be the bill for that. And as someone who's done so much flipping and and renovating i know what stuff costs so i could literally do that for half the price well let me bring my guys in my my crew in to do that well the management company doesn't kind of want you to do that so i was always kind of butting heads with management companies over um you know i I, I think you can do it cheaper i think you're maybe got your hand in my pocket a little too much um so that's kind of why i found this other strategy of just having my own kind of people and and then i have crews in each, each town that comes in and, and we'll do the renovations kind of the way i like it so um different strategy i don't know if that's for everybody but it's definitely not hands off so that led to you know like i said I, I don't like being the landlord well that's that's the trade-off of just kind of letting it go to a, a property management company who takes care of everything Kind of, I don't know that you can have the best of both worlds, where you can have somebody take care of everything and then keep the costs down and still have things done the way. So you've kind of got to find that whatever works for you is, is
2: kind of how I've found it over the years. Um, and so how many towns are you investing in?
4: Six. I'm in. Mean, uh, so I, I've Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer, Medicine Hat, a town called Lacombe, and then a little town called Caroline. Caroline's got about five hundred people in it. And I own four fourplexes. I own 16 properties in Carolina, Alberta, Canada. I I, I see, I, I think I'm the, uh, I must have like 40% of the rental market in town. And, uh, so I'm the boss hog of sector.
2: Very good. Um, what made you decide to go to a small town like that?
4: Well, actually when I was Basically, the prices of some of the stuff in Calgary. So when I first got back, you know, I had a bit of a war chest that I could go and do some stuff with. And uh, as I got into flips and then I got more into the rentals, um, I found that a lot of stuff is hard to, to kind of buy in Calgary, right? So I was looking for opportunities outside in some of the smaller markets. So places like Madison Hats and and this uh, opportunity came up in Caroline. And I'd never actually, it's the, the town where... Uh, oh um Kurt Browning the, the figure skater was actually is where he's from originally um so just kind of trying to buy things cheaper trying to make your dollar go farther uh, mm-hmm. is kind of the yeah the reason behind my second book which was cash management and how to make your dollars go further and if you don't have money how to kind of find money to get into real estate and once you've got some Um, once you've got some doors, how to increase cash flow after that. So, um, it was just kind of a need, just lack of money. At first I wasn't, uh, really comfortable with, with getting JV partners and
3: and kind of using other people's money. So I kind of had to make my own money, go as far as I can. Have you used, uh, have you used JV partners now over the years and, uh, and uh, yeah, prefer one way or the other, or kind of case by case?
4: Yeah, unfortunately. My timing sucked. I, I raised about eight and a half million dollars in 2014 and bought 66 doors or something all over Alberta at exactly the wrong time to buy real estate. So, um, so I I certainly um have had I had JV partners before that too, and so some of the stories are ended well and some not so well.
2: But when you say the wrong time, well, I will have to say, like I mean, we've we've been over and over this. Um, the idea in in you know 10 years you're, you're certainly gonna be appreciative that you were able to do that at that time, you know? So, uh, you're, you're saying just like very shortly after that the prices went down on everything and you could have bought them at a discount. But again, like when people, it's always, uh, it's always a theme that we run into. It's like, when was the best, you know, the best time to buy was 20 years ago and the next best time is today. Right. So, um, I think that's important. When you say, I feel like you're just being a little bit too hard on yourself. But I, you know, when you say something like at exactly the wrong time, but I mean now you own those properties, right now. Yeah,
4: and so, and, and you know, it, it's tough to. I think there's some things that have happened in Alberta politically that maybe, that maybe skewed the the world. Like we've been in a recession for basically five years now. Uh, so that's kind of an outlier. That's not normal. So typically, you know, 54 years old. This is my fourth recession. I remember the the eighties. Um, I bought my first house in 1987 at 12 and a half percent interest. So that um, okay. tells you how far back I go. Actually, you know, and, and back then, just to give you some perspective, uh, I used 10 percent as as the the dividing line between fixed or going fixed on a mortgage or going variable, right? Okay. When your first deal is twelve and a half percent and you're sitting there, ah, that money ever gets below ten, you lock that in because that's good money there. Now I'll be in Starbucks and I'll see this young couple and they're arguing whether to go fix the variable, like two point three, and you just want to slap them upside the head and go lock it in for seven years. It's free money basically. But uh yeah, so
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't think there's much lower it can go at this. Oh, point. I don't think
4: so either. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it but, you know, is...
4: the, but that's part of the you know, like I said, this is my fourth recession, and typically they they kind of come and go quicker. So this one is kind of an outlier as far as Alberta is concerned. And then you kind of watch with with envy some of the stuff. That's happening. Alberta different.
3: is Alberta is one of the more volatile markets in Canada yeah. generally, right? Maybe the most uh, volatile. Um, Is it any um. Like is is there a reason you picked Alberta? Is it just because it's you know nearby and somewhere you you kind of knew yeah, I, and could I, go and drive to quickly?
4: No, I grew up in actually was born in Edmonton and then when I went down to South America and decided to come back, I, I kind of always liked the the entrepreneurial spirit of, of Calgary versus kind of the the mom and pop or, or kind of government field that's Edmonton. So yeah, I just came back to Calgary and, and started investing in Alberta. Um, you know you're learning and you don't know anything about any of this stuff so you don't really want to go too far from home um now for example you know i'm working on some stuff with new construction down in, you know the united states so now i don't have any problems kind of getting past that geographical barrier but you know i, I certainly understand when you're first into it you, it's a lot safer to, to rent something a couple blocks down from where you live so
3: Let's talk about new investors getting into the business what kind of advice can we share with them that would be uh helpful uh obviously their big why and coming up with yeah. their, some version of their why i mean i think i i feel though your why can change over time and and, and go go totally different directions o- or, yeah. over time just depending on what happens but uh what we, yeah what would you say are some of the most important pieces to to recommend for new investors
4: right and just before i get to that just your last point about changing over time yeah like at 54 I don't want to do long-term rentals anymore like I don't have any desire to be in an eight or ten year jv with somebody right so that's specifically age related as well Mm -hmm. but in terms of advice you know it's 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 almost strategy by strategy so if if you're looking at at long-term rentals I would say the number one advice is is spend your time and money up front checking that tenant out before they you let them into your your unit right make sure you do the credit check and phone the employer and phone the, the current landlord. That was one of the things I got away from back in 2015, 2016, As I kind of stopped doing that too. You know, if you're, mid, you're in the middle of a recession, I just need somebody there, right? So there's that, um, uh, that kind of pressure. And then as you get into some of the other strategies too, each strategy has their own um, kind of thing, you know, new construction, uh, my advice would be is yes, you can, you can do it. Um, a lot of, I think, a lot of the problems with land development and new construction is different strategies for people. Is that they think it takes too much money, or it's it has to be bigger projects, or only it's only there for the big boys? So I would say, no, it, it's you know you can certainly do large or smaller scale projects if, if that's what you want, and that's just what you're you know if you're just getting in, uh, new construction of a single family home, certainly something that's doable for a lot of people.
3: Cool, yeah, and there's so many different stories. I think people need to kind of just talk about you know with with someone who kind of knows and has some experience they probably could really benefit from just having some conversations before jumping quickly quickly right into things right and just getting some knowledge on where uh where they could go where they could start out and what's the most you know the best path I think it's important to get in and get get active I I feel but at the same time you know understand a little bit about what you do and where you want to go where you want to see your, your life go and and how every strategy is going to affect your life differently so
4: another part of that too is is um what's your partner think of it right not only maybe an investment partner but also your life partner whoever that might be um are they involved or not what are their likes and dislikes what are what's their why so give that some thought too
3: yeah i think comfort level right especially like is someone really risk averse versus not and you know often couples are maybe complementary to each other in, in many ways which is why they they fit maybe they counter counterbalance each other in those in, in a lot of ways not just financially but sometimes one person's uh you know appetite for risk is completely opposite of their spouse, which is yeah. potentially gonna <laughs> lead to some challenges, right? If if you're at least don't have the conversation. At least you need to at least discuss that a bit up front, right?
4: And you need and you need they need to be involved even if they're not day to day involved. Make sure that they know what's going on and and they've got their say. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a great investment, or yeah, let's go for this one. You know, they should probably be involved in that as well uh that'll save some headaches down the road
3: let's talk about your new book what uh your book uh a few books maybe mention all of them maybe is, we, is there are they all available at the same place same website
4: yeah they're all on my website yeah hr realestatementors.com yeah the, the third one and uh is land development as a as a, a profitable investment and the subtitle is uh, from dream to design to reality, so that's kind of the theme I weave I, I throughout the book. is you start with, you know, you know, you're driving past that empty lot on every day on the way to work. You know, I think a little strip mall would be would be good there, and then you kind of start to, to get into the flesh that out a little bit more. So basically, it's it's kind of a series of steps. The first step is you want to be able to quickly, because you don't own the land yet, quickly find out how. Uh, what you can do on that land, what the zoning is, is it possible? You, you're talking to a realtor to get some high level idea of what it would be once you did develop it, what it would sell for. And and just to kind of clarify, I, I define land development in the book is, is just getting it to the point where a builder would build on it. So taking a piece of land, whether it's vacant or whether there's already a building on it, and then just getting it ready for a builder. Um, I'm in the middle of writing book four, which is new construction, which will pick it up from there, is buying a service lot and, and going forward. But the land development is is you get to the point where really quickly in a in a week or two really not having spent any money is, is this something feasible Does it look like it could be profitable? Then you go to the next step where you actually hires you know a civil engineer and and start to work on some of the the blueprints and, and fleshing out the money actually get some some true costs to it, and then you get to a point where you know are you really going to commit and go hard? And now you're spending a lot more money to to get all the blueprints and everything else that the city is going to need for the application. So. It takes it from those serious steps i use three uh uh case studies from my own life like i said i've done all kinds of stuff so i i take a small one for for somebody who might be at that level i've done like a medium one where i took seven and a quarter acres and did 36 units and then i was actually also the president of a company that built the the horse tracking casino up here in, in calgary so you know 720 acres and you know you're putting in lights and all kinds of, of things there so I, I give you the benefit of, of all those three case studies as, as we go through the book too. just depending on where you are in your own development so i think it's a pretty good book and in 30 years of doing this i've never you don't see too many books specifically on land developments or new construction or some of these other things so i think there's a real need for it yeah
3: it's kind of untapped almost in a way right it's, it's odd maybe maybe do people feel it's unreachable or unattainable to get into that space maybe a little bit? Exactly, yeah. It's only for the big boys, well,
4: not really.
2: And, uh, and when do you expect the fourth book to be out?
4: Uh, that should be out, I would, I would suspect, uh, by the end of March. So it's really close as well.
2: Yeah, very good. So maybe even by the time people are listening to this, they might be able to get it. Yeah. Um, where would they go to get these books?
4: At the uh, All the website, hrrealestatementors.com
2: um you can look up uh, there's a tab at the top that says
4: books and you can order it right online
2: perfect and and uh anyone listening can grab that link in the show notes um let's talk about what's next for you what are your big dreams what are your goals what do you got coming up well
4: my my goal was like i turned 50 in 2017 and the goal was at that point you know i'm sitting there in 2013 2014 buying these buildings and I'm saying I'm gonna retire at 50, gonna sell all my buildings and then kind of go live somewhere else. That got a waylaid because of the economy, but now even if I were to do that, I probably wouldn't do it because I'm you know I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. Like I said, figure out your why. So I'm basically focusing on the three areas. I'm, I'm doing new construction down in the States, as I said, and then I'm doing the the books and the match. I really like I really like writing and kind of sharing my knowledge. Um I've got, as I said, 92 properties, and every one of those has a story, so I, so I like to kind of share that, and then then I'm doing this work with the, uh, the farm diversification stuff, that I just find fascinating as well, so finding ways to, you know, in nature, um, there's no waste, right, so the waste of something will be the, the input from something else, so now you're, you know, you're, you're growing these fish, and that waste is feeding this, now we're getting the nutrient-rich water for for hydroponics and that's growing this and that's creating some waste but then you're taking the methane like it, it's fascinating i love this stuff so it gets back to the why i like being creative and i like being intellectually uh stimulated every day i, I like you know i used to say i like to be mentally challenged but that sound as good so we say intellectually stimulated now and uh yeah, it's just, I, I want to get up with a reason and, and, and be enthusiastic about the day where before, like I was dreading every day because, you know, typically it was just now I have to go on site and do on site manager stuff, right? So now I, I'm very much more picky about what I do and, and you know, make sure it, it kind of feeds the, feeds the creativity meter and the intellect meter every day. So that's the goal going for
2: uh What about a book on the uh, the whole farming thing?
4: That's probably maybe book five, yes, uh, but it's uh, basically the last two years have just been learning, right? And, and so I find that fascinating and, and it's, it's almost never-ending, right? Because you can always learn more about all this stuff, right? And so, yeah, so I've got clients that are larger and smaller and, and the large one, um, real quick, was is they were a large grain farmer and then the largest thoroughbred horse breeder in, in, in the province of Alberta. I met them through the racetrack. And, and the patriarch passed away. So now the next generation is trying to figure out how to make money off these horses that are losing big money. So, you know, we come in, we scale down the number of horses that freed up a barn, what are you gonna do with the barn? So now it's we've got fish farming, that uh, we've actually got, uh, actually fish growing. that uh, They'll be ready for market next week. And then the other third of the barn is probably gonna be something like mushrooms. And the part in the middle is gonna be hydroponic. So, it's really been fascinating to kind of watch their growth too uh, as a family um, come up with these
2: new ideas too. So it's, it's really
3: cool. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, There's a couple other stories you shared with us prior uh, about some of your properties. As you said, 92 properties, they all have a story. Yeah. One of them that's intriguing is the adult playroom uh, yeah. uh, scenario, which is, I don't know, that's, that's in skimming through some of the notes and stuff, I'm like, oh, that's got to be pretty interesting, that one. Um, why don't you, do you, share maybe one or two other, maybe, that one sounds like an interesting one or, or any others that come to mind.
4: Oh, okay. I'll, I'll start with that one. So yeah, so I, I was just driving, you know, where do you find your properties? I, I was just driving in Edmonton and there was this three story, 12 unit apartment building that was boarded up. So most people drive by it. I marked the, the address down and started digging, ended up buying it. It was, had a fire, this was, uh, I bought it in 2014 as well. It had a fire in 2009 and sat empty for five years. Um, So you go in and of course it's got all the, it's got the fire damage, but it's also got all the water damage and the mold in the basement. But as we're going through room by room, um, it was kind of weird because the fire had happened right at Christmas time and then everybody had to leave, all the renters had to leave. And so they took what they, like they moved their stuff. So there was just a lot of stuff. So there was actually, you know, 2009 Christmas trees still there in 2014. But we go into this one suite in the basement and it was a two-bedroom we would go in and one of the bedroom doors is locked from the outside like with an actual padlock right well that's really weird to have the lock on the outside so i walk in and there's like this kind of a cross not this way but kind of like that made it two by fours and there was um leather handles for your for your hands and your feet so your first thought might be that oh this is you know an adult playroom but then you sit there and think well if it's an adult playroom then why was there a lock on the outside of the door so I still for this day don't know what happened there but that's what happens when you kind of get into the and that stuff happens
3: that's pretty yeah freaky in the in the basement nonetheless too right so I don't know and then I got another one
4: I'll just tell you so um early in my flipping days i bought a a house to flip it was a a nice corner lot on a nice street Uh, across the street was a park so there was about 10 houses in this half crescent that were all the same age they're all that 1960s kind of square bungalow that you know are all over all the the different cities in canada all of the people kind of lived at the same time they moved in so basically everybody on the street was in their 70s everybody knew everybody so the one lady died the actual the owner the, the original owner was 92 years old and she was a ukrainian baba and and the stereotype is true her entire backyard was a potato pile not was done of blade of grass so i bought it off the estate and then i'm just about ready to renovate that and flip it when the neighbor passes it. and so his son comes to me and and asks if i want to buy his too so this was the the actual first introduction of well maybe i can actually tear down these two properties and actually build something new, right? So that's what I was gonna do. At the same time, just like they tell you in all the the, the weekend real estate conferences, you know, go put a, a note on every door down the street and see if anybody else. So, you know, I had visions of, of you know, owning this entire street. So I put, uh, put notes in every door and didn't think about it at all, right? Well, the next day I get this phone call and it's this lady about my age, she just, tears into me rips a strip up one side down the other turns out her mother had passed away the day before she didn't know i put notes in all the other doors she thought i was ambulance chasing and the body wasn't even cold yet i was just right there trying to buy her house finally managed to calm her down after about five minutes she finally believed me that i wasn't just out to do it well of course over the next couple weeks everybody else on the street has heard it too so they quickly divided themselves into two camps there was Uh half that thought I was the biggest heel in the world and the other th- half that thought this was the funniest story they ever heard so we eventually got to the point if we passed on the street she didn't give me death threats. I, n- I never did end up buying any other house on the street I didn't
2: I didn't know which way that was going I figured it could go one way or the other either like yeah. the whole street sold you their houses and yeah and no uh,
4: <clears throat> actually to this day it's, it kind of scared me off from doing that
2: putting the putting the letter in every door, I kind of don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know what, I, I I never went down, I think I've done the street if I was doing a reno or whatever, I think I have done the whole street, but normally I'll target like specific ones um, just on you know the state of repair. And I, I've had the exact same scenario where somebody died like the day <laughs> before and they thought that I had targeted them. And, and it does like, sure, if somebody's doing that, it is pretty kind of sleazy. Uh, yeah. but no that wasn't the case either <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um and if any of your tenants happen to be listening to this it wasn't your apartment
4: it wasn't my apartment no
2: no it wasn't it wasn't there it wasn't their apartment no
4: <laughs> no. no actually uh, to be yeah. honest i don't remember which one it was i mean in that building there's there's four in the basement i don't remember which one it was it so i couldn't actually honestly <laughs> <don't remember. laughs> yeah.
2: okay well yeah you know what like Man, thanks for sharing those. Those are funny. Those yeah. are good stories. I like them. Um, I guess lastly, is there like a is there like any kind of a quote or a piece of advice that you've ever gotten that stuck with you um, through all the years?
4: Actually, I'm not much of a religious guy, but there's a quote in the Bible that's uh, "In quietness and confidence shall be your strength," and that's kind of a one I always because I'm kind of an introvert, kind of a quiet guy. At the so I, I kind of I've always liked that one. Um, real estate related, um, I, again, it's the take the time and then, and, and make sure that you're checking your pants out. I think that's a, that's a real kill if you don't do that, but yeah, it's kind of the, the religious quote I have was more than, more than other stuff. I, I, think, like
3: that. I think auditing, I think one other, other quick thing on just like taking the time to see if this is really, you know, gonna get you where you want to get this strategy you know auditing that regularly too right like every year every every couple of years every six months whatever you want to do i think just checking in on that and making sure you're still aligned with that is important
4: yeah. am i happy am i enjoying this and if not what do i need to tweak yeah celebrate the wins and, and uh, if something's not the way you want it then you can always change i think i think we tend to kind of ride things too long if we're not just for the sake, because that's the way it works. I think we should be a little more attuned to changing stuff or not working in our lives if we want to.
2: You know, and I, and I, and I don't want I don't want to breeze over what you did say there. Um, I think that's actually very important, super practical advice that uh, is sort of kind of the style of stuff that we like to give out. Um, you know, the the um, the uh, sort of the uh, mental stuff is very very important. But also, you know, there is some practical information that can be super helpful. And when you said don't, you know, just throw somebody into the unit, make sure that they're the right person. Like there's been so many times I've been stung by just either either not doing the right background checks or just feeling pressure, um, I guess, to get somebody in there. Maybe I feel like I'm down to the wire or something like that. And somebody says, I'll take it that's always the wrong way to go about it. So now I've learned, go a month empty if you've got to, make sure you get the right person in there.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and the reason, you know, if you're you're still empty, then, you know, your price is too high, right? So whether you want to or not, drop your rent, right? So, but make sure you get the, because there's good people available, good tenants available at any price point. There's bad ones at every price point too. So make sure you find the right level where your price should be and then, the best possible person at that level. That,
3: that well. Agreed. What else, Rob? We, uh, we had a wrap here? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, well, we, we
2: could probably go on for a while, but again, we don't like to monopolize everybody's time <laughs> too much. They come on here for free. They share everything with us and everybody else out there. So yeah. um, let's, let's end off with the best way to get in touch with you. What would that be for the people listening?
4: Yeah. My, my, it's just my, my email, Darcy, D-A-R-C-Y, at huttonradway.com. And then the, the the website is, is uh, um, I've, I've actually, it was rideway.com, but now I got a farm one too. So it's, I've got to split them up. So now the real estate side is hrrealestatementors.com. And if you're actually a farmer looking to, to diversify, you can reach me through there too.
3: Yeah, that's cool. We haven't talked much about that side of things. Maybe that'll be another another show for us down the road. Maybe once you write your book, we can come on and and talk all about that uh, that side of things. Because that's pretty cool and interesting and in a different side of an investment world that we we've probably only barely barely touched on like like today, but uh, never really really went deep on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so and and uh, do you want to spell out Hutton Radway just for everybody?
4: H U T T O N. R-A-D-W-A-Y. Perfect.
2: Okay. And again, like we said before, all of uh, Darcy's info is going to be in the show notes. So if you would like to get in touch with him, just jump in there. All the links for the books, all the the website and his email, they'll all be there for you. So uh, if you're driving, don't worry. Just go back into the show notes later on and uh, and you'll have all the links right there to get in touch and get your hands on these books that he's been talking about. So, uh, Thanks for joining us today and sharing all this. We appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank That's you. Awesome. I really, really had fun. This was great. And uh, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you?
3: 289-389-6846 or sandy at mckayrealtynetwork.com.
2: And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.